works the bread. That's true. So I will do that it. Is true. I will go along. Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you're here today. We've got a packed house, so come on in and find your seats. Yeah, let's leave some going. room for people coming in. <clears throat> All right, let's stand and praise the Lord together.
my goodness, it is good to be back home at First Baptist Church. <clears throat> I am so glad to be back. We were in Alabama, the land of sweet tea, and fried absolutely everything. <laughs> fried absolutely everything. And, and while I was there, uh, if you've been paying attention to the basketball, this, they gave me this. But they didn't want to talk about basketball at all. They wanted to talk about football. But anyhow, so we're glad to be back here. And thank you so much for praying for us. We had a great trip, had a great time, got to see some good friends. And boy, talking about good friends, so many people. The Bradshaws are here today. Uh, the Sandovals are here today. The Tremleys are here today. Uh, oh, my goodness. Who And who else? I, I'm trying to write down. These are my announcements. We're not going to have time for a message today because I have lots of announcements to give. Um, hey, where's Walter? Walter Williams, where are you, sir? Come here. Come on down here. Come on down here. Yeah, yeah. This guy just, uh, I, he, he graduated from something. Uh, I, come on over here. Get, get, get up here, man. Is it sore right there? A little bit? Come on up here. I don't, I, this is one of the newest seals we've got in the United States Navy. God bless you, my friend. So proud of you. God bless you. And I'll tell you what I like about it. He's in God's house and just got pinned. And so we thank God for him and be praying for him. He'll be going to the East Coast. His mom and dad are here, and they're so thrilled with that. In North Carolina, where they have the weirdest barbecue in the whole wide world. The barbecue without any red anything on it. It just looks really not very appealing. But we're glad to have you here. Let me see if I got it. What else have I got here? Um, I think I, there's so many visiting today, and I'm so thankful to have you here. I made a note. Oh, Navigator Baptism at 3 o'clock today at the volleyball at Coronado Beach Volleyball Nets. So that's at 3 o'clock today. We're going to have a baptism right here. One of my favorite people in the church is going to be baptized in just a little while, and we're excited about that. And also want to mention, the reason I'm having you still stay, stay standing is it is, or it was yesterday, Carolyn Morehouse's 90th birthday. So we're going to sing happy birthday to her. How about that? All right, uh, Carolyn, if you're watching, this is for you. If you're not watching, I'm sorry. It's the best I can do. <laughs> Would you lead us in a happy birthday? Oh, sure. I'm not playing it, but I'll sing it. Oh, then go ahead and sing okay. it. That's okay. You guys ha ready? Ha happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Carolyn. Happy birthday to you. She's one of the charter members of First Baptist Church, so we... Carolyn, hope you have a wonderful and a blessed birthday. <clears throat> now we're going to have prayer because we have a couple of special requests. Nick is not feeling well today. He's not able to be here. So thank you guys for filling in, taking care of things up there in the, in the sound booth. Nadia Chatham has been in the hospital 23 days as of today. So she's, she's doing better. She just needs to be uh, able to eat solid food, and they are transitioning to solid food. Um, and then good buddy uh, Gary's dad, uh, Bill Webb, um, all week long, we've been expecting him to make his entrance into heaven. He is, is he 92, 92 years old? And he's just about ready to, to make that final step. And uh, I can't tell you all that, uh, that he means to me and to my family and to the thousands of people who went to Midway Baptist Church because he was, along with Gary and along with uh, Jerry, they were the ones that built the buildings over a period of several years. And tens of thousands of people got saved over there. Uh, in, in the 41 years or so. So um, we want to pray for him right now. Let's bow our heads together. Our fathers, we come to you in this place that we love, this place that's full of family, this place that is home. Lord, I thank you so much for each person here. Thank you for those who come every week. Thank you for those who are members. Thank you for those who come from out of state and know it's important to get back into church while they're stationed here. And thank you for their being here. Thank you, too, Lord, for the guests and out-of-town visitors and those who've come from uh, Texas or Las Vegas or uh, several other places. Father, this morning, thank you so much for their being here. God, we pray your blessings upon Nick, that you would heal him uh, right away. We pray for Nadia, that she would get stronger day by day and be able to get home soon. We pray, God, for Bill Webb, whom I love with my heart, and I pray that, God, you would bless him, that your will would be done in his life, and we'll thank you for it all. 
in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if you are a first-time guest or first time in a long, long time, take one of these cards, connection cards, fill it out. I, if you'll do that and you'll give me an address, I'll send you a gift, okay? I promise you. I, now, it's not going to be something, it's not going to be a Lamborghini, um, <laughs> but it may, in fact, be a Starbucks card. So if you're a first-time guest and you fill this out, we'll go ahead and get that to you. And no, if you were a first-time guest uh, six months ago, it's too late. Sorry for that. Uh, but go ahead and fill it out. We're glad to have you with us. And we're glad to have those who are watching by way of Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, also want to mention then that we have a second conversation with Jesus as the, as the uh, topic today. And Ryan, you are having military meal afterwards, right? Military meal on the patio. Anybody active duty is willing, is, is, off, is asked to stay for that meal. You'll have a good time of fellowship and some good food. Wednesday, our more discipleship, men of resolution discipleship is going forward. Uh, then Saturday, men's breakfast, 8 a.m. on the patio and in these rooms over here. And we will be glad to have you show up uh, early to help us prepare, set up, and cook if you can do that. Sunday, Back to Cana will be the message, June 9th and 10th, Unified Couples Retreat. Uh, where's the farmer family? Right over here. Do you, do you still have openings? couple openings. See them. Uh, wave, wave big time. Okay, there they are, right over there in, in the back. All right, you, they'll be outside afterwards. You can talk to them. If you want a Basque student for a month, coming up pretty soon, let Julie know or let me know right away today. Uh, and right now, I think I've taken care of all of these. Uh, let's have that slide. Some of you will know Jim and, uh, and Christina Foster. They, he was attended our school at the other church and graduated from that school and has been a missionary for several years, doing a phenomenal job in South Africa, amazing couple. She does ministry with uh, ladies who, whose babies were stillborn, uh, an incredible ministry that she does involving photography of the baby, something to keep for that family to remember uh, and ministers to them. So there's Jim and Christina Foster. They've been there, I don't remember how many years now, a couple of decades at least. And I want to show you a video. It's just kids singing, but if it doesn't light your, your fire, I don't know what, what to tell you. Okay, well, that's where we'll stop right now. <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. I want you to sing with the same kind of heart these kids sing to the Lord. So let's stand together and lead us in worship, and we'll go ahead and sing the same way they just did.
perfect in purity and love and power, that you would even look upon such sinful creatures as we are is amazing to me, let alone that you would send your only begotten son to die on that old rugged cross so that we by grace through faith could have eternal life is incomprehensible to me. It's amazing. Lord, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. We pray that this service now might be a, a one of glory and tribute and praise to you because you're worthy. Father, speak through our lips and give ears to hear the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Boys and girls, come on up here. Boys and girls of First Baptist Church and moms and dads and everybody else. How many of you have your Bibles with you? Let me see. Let me see. You got it. Maybe you got them on your iPhone or whatever. Raise it up. Raise up your iPhone. If you've got an Android, that just seems doesn't seem right. But anyhow, <laughs> you got to watch out. That AI stuff is going to catch you one of these days. But John chapter 4. John chapter 4, if you want to turn there. Boys and girls, how many of you know that some people, some boys and girls, don't like other boys and girls who don't look just like them or act just like them or talk just like them. How many of you know that? Sometimes, yeah, you know that? Sometimes they speak a different language, and so you, some people don't like them because they speak a different language. Other times they don't like them because they're from a different nation, like I'm from a foreign nation called Kentucky, and some people, <laughs> some people don't like that. So when people talk about their pedigree, I say, I'm 100% I'm hillbilly. I come from Kentucky where our family tree has one branch and only one branch. And I'm getting off topic here. So, so sometimes people, kids will make fun of other kids. And there's this new thing. going. I say it's a new thing. I don't know that it happened when I was a kid, but there's this thing called bullying. Does anybody know any bullies? Anybody know any bullies? Hopefully, you're not a bully. Hopefully, you know someone maybe who is, but you're not one. And you know what bullying is? It's when people make fun of other people or pick on other people because they're different somehow. And sometimes kids are different because maybe they have uh, something physically different about them, like a big birthmark maybe on their face or something like that, and they kind of feel bad about it anyhow, and people pick on them. You know what my mama told me? When you find somebody who everybody else is picking on and making fun of, you go to them and be a friend to them. You love them because you guys know better. You're, you're in church, and you know you shouldn't be a bully. You shouldn't pick on people. You should love people and appreciate people. You know why we should love everybody? Because we're all, listen to this, it's going to blow your mind. We're all made in the image of Almighty God. In the image of Almighty God. So we're to love everyone else. We're to love the people. Did you know that Jesus loved the people that nailed him to the cross? Did you know that Jesus loved Judas who betrayed him? Jesus loves everybody, and he, and, he wants, and he loves you, and he wants you to love them too. So don't bully anybody. Love everybody. Don't ever make fun. Uh, don't ever pick on them, but be a friend to the people who other people are not friends with, and God will bless you for it. Let's pray, okay, boys and girls? Everybody bow your head. Close your eyes just for a minute. But Lord, I thank you for these girls and these boys up here. I'm so thankful that they're in church, that they want to be here, so thankful that their parents have them here. God, I pray that you would teach them values that they can understand and comprehend so that in school or at home or in playground, uh, they'll be a, a shining light for you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the boys and girls said, amen. amen. All right, go ahead and go to your classes. Good to have you here. A second conversation with Jesus in the Life of Christ study, which we're going over right now. We're going to start out in Sychar, a city called Sychar. And it's going to be in January or February of 31 AD, Anno Domini, Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord, used to indicate that a date is a specific number of years after the accepted date of Christ's birth. I, I, am so, I get so ticked every time I see BCE, before common era, an attempt to excise Christ even from uh, history, the history that changed the whole calendar. Uh, people are trying to get rid of them and get rid of that fact by uh, the, the common or, or before the common era or CE, which is the common era. It's a secular designation instead of AD. We, we believe in BC and AD, before Christ and, and the year of our Lord, those are the two I have. So this is 31 AD or thereabouts. Pat and I, by the way, are glad to be back home uh, for the services at First Baptist Church. We were in Alabama preaching for a former staff member of mine. In fact, 
When I got there, there was four former staff meetings in this church called Wilson Avenue Baptist Church in Sarah Land, Alabama. Some of you will know where that is. And they're building a church there, building an incredible church that it was kind of, uh, it had gone downhill for many, many years. And uh, now that they're rebounding, there are lots of young couples along with some mature believers. It's very, very exciting. But you were left in very, very good hands uh, with Terry. Well, uh, I appreciate Terry so very, very much. Uh, Pat and I watched last Sunday's message, and Terry's not just a dear friend uh, and a fellow pastor. He's a choice servant of Almighty God. And we are blessed to have him in our service. Terry, where are you, buddy? Right over here. Let's give him a hand. Yeah, thank you so much for filling in. By hook or by crook? That's right. That's right. So there you go. I was kind of worried when you first announced that, by hook or by crook. I was like, it was, it was great. Sunday before last, we preached on a conversation with Jesus that uh, he had with a man named Nicodemus under the cover of night. This week, we'll study another conversation Jesus had, this time with a woman a lady, a particular woman of Samaria in John chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in verse 1, the Savior at Sychar. John chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. This was alarming to them. They were already alarmed at the fact that John was out baptizing in the wilderness and that people were being called to repentance, and now uh, they find out there's another prophet of some kind. They weren't sure who he was. They certainly weren't convinced he was the uh, son of God at, at that point or even at a later point. Uh, but they heard that he was baptizing more disciples even than John the Baptist did. Though, in, in parentheses, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. I, I'm kind of wondering, I think that was probably because somebody would say, I, no one Baptist like I do. Well, I was baptized by Jesus. Who were you baptized by? <laughs> Not that anybody here would ever do that. I'm just saying other Baptists would, would, do, would do that. So, so, uh, so he didn't personally baptize, but, but his disciples did, and he, they did so under his auspices. So he left Judea, and he returned to Galilee. He had, he, the Bible says in verse 4 in this translation, he had to go um, through Samaria on the way. And, and this, this had to go in the Greek original meeting that I looked up means must needs go. Edei, he found it necessary to go, not simply because it was on the way to Galilee, but because uh, the, the father, his heavenly father, had a mission for him in Samaria. So let's have that map. The next slide, if, if you have. Uh, okay, so let's have the pointer here. Uh, maybe we won't. Hey, jeez. <laughs> is there a map up there? <laughs> okay, so here's Judea. It's where he is now uh, as of last week and or two weeks ago, rather. And so he here's the way that most Jews would go to Galilee from Judea. They would go out of their way. This is the most direct route, right, this way. But they would, go, they would avoid this because of this right here, Samaria. So Jesus, being in Judea, going to Galilee, must needs go, had to go, had a reason to go uh, through Sychar. And so uh, we find out that he had uh, waiting for him a divine appointment. I want you to think about that for a minute, a divine appointment. Because sometimes when we do things, we don't realize that there's a purpose God has that we don't know anything about. Some of the delays we have, some of the problems we have, some of the difficulties we face, some of the weird things that go on at work, some of those things happen because God has a divine appointment for us. So he was going through Samaria on, on the way, and eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, we'll say more about that in a minute, sat wearily, literally worn out, beside the well. The well was 100 feet deep, uh, just so you know. Uh, that'll come into play in here in a minute. With sweet spring-fed water, about the sixth hour, or in the way of reckoning time, about noontime. So uh, perhaps he leaves Judea to, to avoid a popularity contest between him and John the Baptist because of the, uh, well, Jesus is baptizing more than John is, and well, who are you going to go here? Well, I'm going to go hear him. No, I'm going to go hear him. Uh, maybe that's why. We don't really know, uh, but we do know that baptizing was going on with John the Baptist, and baptizing was going on 
uh, with Jesus and his disciples, and baptism is going to be going on at First Baptist Church. Uh, at the end of this service, we're going to baptize uh, my friend uh, Mac, and, and if you want to get baptized, go ahead. You say, well, preacher, I didn't bring your clothes. You know what? Your clothes have been wet before. They'll be wet again. It's no problem. If you want to get baptized, we'll take care of it. Uh, if not today, then sometime. The route that Jesus takes uh, was longer, and, and uh, actually the, the route that Jesus takes was not longer and more difficult. The other one was, but that was how much uh, the Jews despised the Samaritans. They would actually go a longer way. We got our GPS, Pat got the GPS out to check it today, see how the bridge was. And, and, uh, and so it said, go 905 to five, no, go 805 up to 94 and come back. And I'm like, what? Why would I do that? That's 21 minutes. And it, the way we come, it's, it's like it was 18 minutes. So, uh, so we went the shorter route. Jesus is going the shorter route, not because it was shorter, but because he had this divine appointment that was awaiting him. Now, why did the Jews so despise Samaria? It was because they were considered half-breeds. They were not pure, pure Jewish, of uh, pure Jewish lineage. They, they intermarried uh, a mixture of Assyrians and Jews and so they were despised by both the Assyrians and the Jews now because they were intermarried. And Jesus stops in verse 4, 5, and 6 and rests beside Jacob's well at Sychar, town in Samaria, about noon. Sun's at its peak, traditional time for a siesta, traditional time to kind of take a rest, take a break. Sun's at its zenith, uh, not good time for hauling water, but here comes this woman hauling water because she was not only a Samaritan, she was despised because of something we're about to find out about her. So Jesus was weary. Let's think about that for a minute. His humanity was tired. His humanity was, the Bible says here, worn out. God who never tires was tired. God who never wearies was weary. The furniture of the temple was made, most of it, with of acacia wood covered with solid gold. Speaking of the twofold nature of Jesus, humanity and deity represented in one unit. Now, Jesus was, uh, was about to have this divine appointment with this woman at Samaria. Have you had any divine appointments this week? Have you had it? Maybe it was an opportunity in Vons and someone was standing, and, and instead of griping because whoever's, you know, the cashier's talking, yakety, 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 your ice cream's melting, yakety, yakety, yak. Instead of griping about that, maybe God wants you to talk to the person in front of you. Or maybe God wants you to talk to the person behind you. Or maybe God wants you to pray for those people. You don't know what they're talking about. Maybe something serious. Maybe something going on. But, but do you, instead of looking for the irritations, which we can see so readily, do we look for the divine appointments? I told you, I told you a few weeks ago about the guy uh, in Imperial Beach when I went to a funeral for a young man, way too young to have passed away, and there was a guy interrupting, trying to interrupt the service and obviously was on something. And, and God led me to say something to him, and I didn't do it. And I, I feel bad to this day because I didn't. I, I don't know if he would have understood what I was talking about or cared. But I still feel like I missed out on a divine appointment. So, so watch for those. Watch for those. Don't look at the irritations. Don't look at the problem. Look at the opportunities that you have. Secondly, the center at Sychar. Here she comes. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. In other words, bestow it upon me with goodwill. He's not forcing her to do it. He's not commanding her. Give me a drink, woman, like you guys will do when you get home, right? You, you want some iced tea. and Woman, give me. No, you don't, don't do that either. Mother's Day is coming up. Don't do that. So he, it, was, it was out of goodwill. It was, it was gently asking her, please give me some water. And the Bible says he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. Why? Because the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. Now, I'm told that Jewish men, and I don't, I, I, this is in one of the commentaries, Jewish men uh, this time didn't even speak to their own wives in public, let alone other women in public. Uh, I've got, in my neighborhood, I, I walk a, a mile with my puppies every day, and there's one couple and their, and their son who walk, and the guy walks like, I'm not exaggerating, 15, 20 feet ahead of his wife all the time. Sometimes his 
Son will be with him. Sometimes his son will be with his wife. But he walks ahead. Now, Pat and I do the same thing. I walk about 15 or 20 feet behind her when we... <laughs> yeah, no. So, but, but Jews didn't usually speak to uh, women, especially out in public like this. And she said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Well, duh, of course. Why are you asking me for a drink? So here's the depth of prejudice. I want you to see this. It's not just one layer. It's about five or six different layers of prejudice. Uh, not only was she a Samaritan, which Jews didn't deal with. She was a woman, which men didn't usually talk to in public. She was a common laborer. She was getting water for a household. She was not qualified to discuss any theological truth whatsoever. And she was, we're going to find out, a great sinner. By the way, like all of us are. Oh, but preacher, she's really bad. Yeah, so are you. So am I. We're really bad. She was a great sinner. And yet Jesus spoke to her, and he considered uh, it was considered richly uh, impure to associate with such people, but he did. And Jesus replied, uh, when she said, sir, I can't believe you're talking to me. He said, if only you knew the gift, the Dorian, the gift used here, Jesus, the gift that came from God, that God has for you, and who it is that's speaking to you, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. What? Living, what is that? If you had never read this, if I had never read this, I'd be saying, what's living water? Is What do you mean it's live? I, I don't understand that. So here Jesus, once again, is using double language, double level language. He spoke of two births with Nicodemus, right? He spoke of the physical birth and the spiritual birth. So here he speaks of two types of water to the Samaritan woman, living water and physical water. Uh, in verse 11, she says, but sir, and here she uses the, the word in Greek, kairi, which means Lord, but with a small, small L. Lord, like, um, you know, addressing Mr. Or sir. And in fact, it, in the translation, it says, sir, not as Lord as God. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And remember, the well, they say, is over 100 feet deep. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? She's confused already. She's thinking the living water is in the well, and somehow you got to get that living water out of the well, and how are you going to do that? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? So now she's getting even further off base here. And Jesus replied. Now, now notice this. He doesn't argue with her about her statement, Okay. He doesn't, oh, well, you don't even know what I'm talking about, living water. I'm not talking about physical water. Of course, I don't need a rope to get living. He, he didn't reprimand her. He didn't issue any judgment. He doesn't argue with her statement, but he shifts the conversation to evangelism. Now, let me ask you something. When you have an opportunity to witness to someone and they start throwing up oppositions or arguments or whatever, don't concentrate on the arguments Concentrate on the gospel. Concentrate on the facts of salvation by grace through faith. Concentrate on Jesus being the Son of God, dying on the cross, being buried, rising again. Let the Holy Spirit convict them of the truth that you share with them because you're giving the Word of God. You, it's not our job to convince people that Baptists are the only way to get to heaven. In fact, they're not. In fact, there are a lot of Baptists not going to heaven. So, so don't, or, or that Christianity is better than Buddhism or, or whatever. That's not our job. Our job is to let people know that Jesus loves them. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And let them know that he loved them and he died on the cross for them. So, so here Jesus shifts the conversation from this physical well and this physical water to evangelism. And he says, anyone, even this half-breed, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, talking about the physical water. But he who drinks the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring from within, giving them eternal life. What's her response? Verse 15. Please, sir. Now it's the woman's time to, to ask a favor in a nice way. Please, sir. Give me this water that I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get water. She wanted a pipeline of refreshing physical water so she wouldn't have to make this daily trip with this heavy pottery, filling it up with water and taking it to her household. And he says, this is interesting, he says, go and tell your husband. 
And Jesus moves here from evangelism to ethics. And she would have to deal, first of all, with her personal sinfulness. And folks, you'll never get anybody saved until you, first of all, get them lost. What do I mean by that? If somebody thinks they're good enough, they're not going to be looking for a Savior. Somebody thinks, you know, I'm pretty good. I, I know this preacher, and he's, he's a wreck, man. He's a mess. He, he, he speeds on the freeway. Uh, he's a Methodist preacher, and, uh, and, and I, if he's going to make it to heaven, I'm sure going to make it to heaven. You got to get them lost. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, every single one of us. And so he says to her, go, go and get your husband. And she, she said, um, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. Now, I read something in one of the commentaries said that Judaism allowed for three different marriages. I didn't know that before. Not sure it's certain, but that's what what the commentators said. And what this tells me is she had given up on the institution of marriage. She'd given up on the covenant relationship. By the way, marriage is not a contract. Marriage is more than just a piece of paper. When somebody says it's just a piece, a piece of paper doesn't make a difference. No, the piece of paper signifies a covenant relationship. A man committed to a wife, a wife committed to a husband, both of them committed to God. That's what, that's what a covenant is. And she had given up on marriage like society today. You can't watch a television show without somebody moving in with somebody or, or, or having sexual relationship with somebody not even think, and how many times do they say, well, it didn't mean anything? Well, you numbskull, if it didn't mean anything, don't do it. I mean, what, what's the matter with you? Uh, there's no regard for for the, the word of God and for the teachings of the word of God on fornication, on adultery. And so now she says, because he told her this truth, because he said, you're right, you're, you're not, you don't have a husband, you've lived with five men and, and you're living with another guy you're not married to, and now she says something special about him. So now she says, sir, but this time it's Lord with a capital L. Lord, master, the woman said, you must be a prophet. But then she, just about the time she's getting on the right track, she derails again. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is uh, on the mountain here at Mount Gerizim? where our ancestors worship. So she tries to divert the conversation. And look, the devil will do that all the time. When you get to witnessing to someone and talking to them about the Lord, the devil will keep inserting himself. And it may be other people come in and interrupt what's going on. It may be a little child that starts crying. Maybe uh, maybe that person themselves that you're talking to tries to get off on another tangent. Uh, what if Jesus had pursued the topic of the right temple, the right place, the right city, the right mountain to worship? It, it would have been a dead-end conversation. But the point is not to win arguments, but to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, time is coming when it will no longer, no longer matter whether you worship the Lord or the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Good theology there. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father's looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so this woman responds to that with, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. And when he comes, I know that he is going to explain everything to us. And then Jesus said to her, listen to this, I am the Messiah. Not only going to come, he's here. Jesus is the Messiah. The I am is here, literally. And just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. They wondered at that. What in the world is he talking to this woman for? None of them had the nerve to ask, uh, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? And, and so this is where we, we, we kind of recap a little bit. The contact made the woman's quest. She comes for water. Jesus' re, Jesus's request, he, he asked for a drink. Her response, why are you a Jew even talking to me? Then we see the contrast between physical water and living water. uh, And he tries to explain the two, that they're different. And then we see real worship compared and contrasted with ritual worship. Now, let's camp there for just a moment. 
Everybody is religious. Oh, preacher, I know somebody's not. He's an atheist. That's a religion. Theism, the, theo, in atheist, without God, the name of God, or a name of God is right in there in the title of atheist. Evolutionists worship what they call science, that the Bible calls science falsely so-called. Politicians oftentimes worship the support, the benefactors, anything. What is worship? It's the giving of praise and adoration. Some men worship their wives. Some wives worship. And you know what? There is a good part to that, by the way, that's in the old English wedding vows. With my body, I worship thee, something to that effect. And that's okay. But setting up a golden calf and dancing around that golden calf and offering burnt offerings is not what God wants us to be doing. So there's ritual worship. They're, they're going through the, 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 I can't think of the word now, but the, 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 the kind of standard of this is what we do. And if it's devoid of the spirit and truth, it gets us nowhere. So we see the command, go get your husband, come in. The concealment, I don't have a husband. The correction, you're right, you don't have one. The cleverness, she tries to change the subject. You must be a prophet from God. The confusion, why do you say there's only one place to worship? The clarification, Jesus says that it's, it's okay to worship anywhere when you worship him in truth and in spirit. And then the concern, the disciples show up and say, what in the world is he talking to this lady for? And then the conversion, she accepts Jesus as the Messiah. So we see the soul winner in Sychar in chapter 4 of John, verse 20, 28. The woman left her water. <laughs> the reason she came there was to get this big pot of water, and she left it there, ran back to the village, <clears throat> and, and her attention was finally turned from the physical water to the spiritual water, and the spiritual water is even more important than the physical water. We can't go for many days without physical water, but folks, we can't go another macro, many second or whatever second uh, if we don't have spiritual water that flows from God. And so she went telling everyone, come and see a man who told him everything I ever did. And some of those guys were going like, he told you everything? Everything you did? Could he be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were aging Jesus. We're, we're urging Jesus, rather, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said, I have a food that you know nothing about. Here's more double language. He said, I have, I have meat that you don't even know about. I just had a, I just had a great meal. I, I just, and, and you know what? I kind of understand that a little bit. I, I love preaching. I, and I told Pat this week, I said, I, I love preaching at my church. I, it's okay. It's fun to go preach somewhere. But I love preaching at my church. Church, because I know you guys, because you're family, because you're important to me. And it's like, it's like if I had a chance to either preach or to have a, 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 a steak dinner, I'd take both. <laughs> Wouldn't you have to think about it? Wouldn't you have to pray about it? Just take them both. But you know what? There's something about, I love preaching. I, it's when, when we were off for a year uh, after the other, well, not a whole year, when we were off for two or three months, uh, and... That was it. So uh, I, I missed preaching every week. I missed that so much. So, so Jesus said, I have something that feeds my soul more than physical food. And, and so the disciples, confused about the double-level language, did someone bring them a sandwich while we were gone? And disciples each, each, ask each other. And then Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say unto you, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe unto harvest. One plants, another waters, another harvests. Folks, the field is Coronado. It is ripe unto harvest. There are lost people all over this island. There are lost people in Chula Vista. There are lost people in National City. There are lost people in Imperial Beach. There are lost people all over Southern California. Their fields are white unto the harvest. And, and if they're going to go to heaven, it's going to be because somebody cares enough to, gives them, to give them the gospel and to love on them and love them to Jesus. So many Samaritans from the village came, and they believed in Jesus 
because of what the woman had said. Will you be that person who causes many to come to Christ because of what you say, because of what you know about who Jesus is and what he's done for you? They, here's what happened. They begged him to stay. Jesus, would you stay a little longer? He stayed two days with them, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. And then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but we believe because we have heard him ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So we see the faithfulness of the Samaritan woman by the message she proclaims, by the model that she exists and, and, and the fruitfulness of the Samaritan woman and a whole village getting saved. Wouldn't it be great if we went out of this place today into the restaurants, into the parks, into the places of business, into work tomorrow, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ with us? Irregardless. Is that a word, irregardless? Regardless. Irregardless is not a word, but it sounds cool. Wouldn't it be great if we took the message of the gospel regardless of a person's race, nationality, language, regardless of their morality? See, Jesus saw a soul who needed him, and he saw her potential. This woman, we would have written her off. I mean, somebody came in here and said, you know what, I, I, I've had five husbands. I'm living with somebody now, and I'd like to, like to go out and make some visits. Do you have some gospel tracts you can give me? I said, uh, well, Jesus saw her potential, and he became her personal savior, and she became a child of God. Intellectual faith, heart faith. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, God hath raised him from the dead, we can be saved for believing in your heart that, you made, that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So are you this morning saved from the power of sin? Are you saved from the penalty of sin? Are you saved one day from the presence of sin? If not, today can be the day when you become a member of the family of God by grace through faith. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Most Heavenly Father, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Lord, there are people here who need you as their personal Lord and Savior. There are people here, those of us who are here that need forgiveness of sins. We need, Lord, you to work in our hearts and our lives. We need you to do something amazing, something miraculous. We need that living water springing forth from us. We need that. So, God, if there's someone here who's not sure that heaven is their eternal home, may your Holy Spirit love on them right now. With every head bowed, if you're not sure you'd go to heaven, but you'd like to make that commitment to Jesus Christ today. Would you? He, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what's in your mind and your heart right now. Would you just pray to him? Would you pray something like this? Just say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I can't get to heaven on my own. But I believe with all my heart that Jesus is your son. And I believe that he died on the cross and was buried and rose again. And this morning, right now, right here in this place, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and be my Savior. As best I know how, I trust you right now. No one's looking, just every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just raise your hand up if you just prayed that prayer? Hold it up high. God bless you and you and you and you and you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Are there others besides these? Anyone else besides these? If you just prayed that prayer, it's the most important decision you ever have made in your entire physical life because it's a spiritual decision to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior from now on. Maybe you're a Christian 
but you know there's some things in your life that are not right and you need to make them right. Would you pray something like this? Would you say, dear God, I'm your child, but I've kind of wandered away. I've not been where I need to be with you, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to restore me like you did the prodigal son who came home. God, I want to come back to the place of blessing at your side. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. In Jesus' name, every head still bowed. If you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you raise your hand up? Hold it up real high. God bless you and you and you and you. Yes, thank you. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would continue to work in our hearts and lives that we do exactly what you want us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? As we have this invitation, this is an opportunity for you to come and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior or to come profess the fact that you have done that or maybe to come and repent and just ask God to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Maybe to come to be a member or be baptized, whatever it is. So would you come right now as they lead us in a song, in a chorus, come ahead. God's leading you. Don't say no. your heads and the praise team alone will sing this next verse and this will be our last verse so if there's something that the Lord's leading you to do would you do it right now every head bowed as the praise team sings privilege and joy to be able to baptize this gentleman that we'll be baptizing today. Last week, he was 80 years old, and I was out of town. He wanted to be baptized on his birthday, and I prevailed upon him to wait till he was 80 years and one week old. This is Mac Berry, and uh, Ryan, where are you, Ryan? You're going to help me? All right, if you'll step right here, and then you can sit down on that. Okay, you want to help out? You okay? You want me to hold him under? No, okay. This is his son. It, it's, you know what? I had the heater in, but it's not as warm as I wanted it. I wasn't going to tell you that part. <laughs> You'll remember this. That's right. Mac, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's my privilege then to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Take a little breath. Amen. God bless you, my friend. All right, now let's stand him up. God bless you. Yeah, watch your head right here. All right. God bless you. They got him. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, now, if he can get baptized, some of you yahoos who are waiting for I don't know what, 
waiting for the trumpet's time. It'd be too late then. So you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Let him know you appreciate his willingness to do that. Not an easy thing. God bless you, Mac. If you prayed that prayer to receive Christ as your personal Savior, right by the sound booth and that little table right behind Gary Webb, there's uh, some, some bags with some information. There's a little booklet, uh, Because I'm Saved, kind of tell you the next steps, what you need to do. So grab one of those, fill it out. If you have any questions, let me know. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, you're so good to us. You're so much better to us than what we deserve ever. Lord, you are holy, 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 and we thank you for that. Bless Mac and Rosie and their family that's here today. Thank you for their being here, this very important service. And Lord, I pray your blessings upon everything that's said and done today. Lord, help us to go out as an army of people concerned about the harvest and planting the seed and watering and reaping the harvest. Lord, the fields are white and the harvest, and we may not have a lot longer. It seems like with the way the world's going that perhaps our days are very short indeed. So God help us to be faithful in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day. Thank you for being in God's house this morning.